Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Humbling, eye-opening, and thought-provoking. That's what I'm going to say about this Nets versus Golden State um, uh, game. And me and Sam are about to argue about it. Let's talk, everybody. So the group chats have been firing, and my favorite group chat is the is the Podthorn group chat with me, Bam, and 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 Sam in it, and uh, uh, you know because most of my other group chats have so much animosity in it and bad feelings amongst everyone, and some of them are relatives. Um, you know, you don't really have a discussion. It's more like a na 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 boo boo type of uh, uh, conversation. Um, but me and Sam weren't going to go before tonight's game, but we decided that we've been arguing back and forth so much this morning that we would address it now before the the game, you know, pollutes our thoughts or makes us come to another uh, uh, determination. Samuel, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm a disappointing, disappointing game last night. Um, I actually didn't really think they were going to win anyway because the Warriors were Warriors are a juggernaut right now. Um, and you got to give them props. But uh, you know, we got we we definitely got things to discuss. That's for sure. Hell's yeah! I mean, it it's crazy that we're calling the Warriors a juggernaut because if you added up the sum of what Stephen Curry is, let's even say. Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant are equal. I don't believe that. But let's say that the value to your team is equal to have Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. That's a wash. But James Harden versus Draymond Green, who's the next best player on that team, shouldn't be close. Um, I know how you feel about, about James. Like, I, I'll let you get your James stuff off. As as a part of it, how much did James do have to do with last night's L? I mean, like I think, look, this is my my general take on, and and it involves Harden, but my general take on everything involving the Nets is the the Nets are a team that is built around not one, not two, not to sound like LeBron, but three stars, and everything else that's there is basically icing on the cake. If you if you guys remember the um, Miami Heat team, they were patching together players four through eight or nine. The Warriors, when they even when they had KD, they uh, were that's, patching. They I, were, I know, but the patching was was like guys like Battier and Haslam. But, and, but, okay, but those, the supporting guys on that Miami Heat team and even the supporting guys on the, on the Warriors team with, um, with once Durant was there, or even before Durant was there, like the, those were those were bench guys that are not in a different class of the bench guys that the Nets have. The Nets have like Patty Mills and Joe Harris and Lamarcus Aldridge and and, and Bruce Brown and what DeAndre Bembry's giving and what you know like I mean like uh, Blake. I, I know me and you have to have different thoughts on, but uh, like even the first three or four guys I just mentioned that that if you have three superstars look back at the at the heat teams it was it was mario chalmers or it was a, a, a broken down mike miller who was about to retire or it was shane battier who i know played a, a relevant role but battier was benched for the first couple of games of, uh, of those finals games and then had one huge game like these were not all-star players and so like nets fans just have to understand like you got a guy in Kyrie who is and I've repeated this a million times, but you have 34 or $36 million sitting at home in New Jersey watching Seton Hall games. And, like, 
and and not playing. And the Nets can't recoup that value. And it's not just that he's a star. It's that it's 36 minutes of high efficiency, high usage. So like you know, like you know, one so, of my favorite one of my favorite things that you ever came up with was like how many jumps does uh does DJ have left? And we basically came to the conclusion it was like zero. Like. Every time that Kyrie plays, that's a certain amount of dribbles. It's a certain amount of time that the ball, with its uh, like Space Jam powers in motion, is not being used by someone who's really good. And so they have to recoup that. And you know, yesterday they also didn't have Harris or Claxton. And so I just think it's really, really, really hard to recoup that type of value when you're a team that's based off of uh, off of stars. So here's where here's where me and you kind of diverge and go in di- in different directions. Is it is it a negative effect on the team that Kyrie didn't play? Yes, one hundred percent. But if you if if you ran a team for a living, right? It's you and your brain trust, and all of you sat around that boardroom table and said, you know what, Kyrie's going to play eighty two games for us this season. One, you have no evidence of that. Two. He's been here. This is his third year. Yep. And we know Kyrie is brittle. And we know he's not dependable. So this, for me, if your planning was, oh, when Kyrie disappears, we'll just play Javon Carter, then your planning was shit. Your planning was horrible if that's what you were doing. Because I've been saying throughout throughout the summer uh, and people could go back and listen to our podcast. I said the Mark's job is to make this team Kyrie proof, and I thought he did. I thought he did because everyone was telling me that that these other players were 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 going to play, and then I thought, oh, maybe he'll play the kids. Maybe he drafted the kids to play the kids. He's not playing the kids. The kids aren't ready. Everyone who keeps asking for for Dayron Sharp, Dayron Sharp is not ready for the NBA. He's not ready to play with these guys that 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 Golden State rolled out last night. the The problem that I have with saying or using Kyrie as the linchpin for why we're not winning or winning games we should be winning, or at least putting up more of a fight, is is that we knew Kyrie wasn't dependable. We knew Kyrie was going to get missing at some point. Even if he played all of these games, we knew somewhere in December he was going to have some other thing. He's the kid on the field chasing the butterflies. Like, this is who Kyrie is. Right? Am, am I wrong in saying that, Sam? No, I think I think that that analogy is hilarious, and I've never heard anyone use that. That's my that's my favorite analogy you've had since you said that uh, Bruce Brown looks like the uh, acrobats at halftime at the Barclays Center. That's and the, he still uh, does. Like every time he gets on the court, I'm like, why? Who? Why are they letting that kid line up for a free throw? And I'm like, oh shit, that's Bruce Brown. Like, <laughs> but uh, Bruce, no, he. Look, I think I think the Kyrie point that you that, that you're making that I think is fair is look like whether you, like I mean in my opinion Harden was basically and I think it's basically been admitted through reporting that Harden is basically the Kyrie proof in that they were you know the team was basically like this guy is not dependable and if it's just going to be KD we don't have faith in a Lavert uh I guess like Jared Allen and like whatever other pieces they could have gotten through trading picks. So like we got to go big or go home and we're going to bring in Harden. Now, like, look, I agree that it's unrealistic to think that, that Kyrie is going to play even at this point in his career, like even when healthy and, and with that, and if vaccinated it, you're right. It's unrealistic for him to think that he's even going to play 60 games, but there's a really big difference between getting nothing out of him and getting, and getting something out of him, and we and, we may and, still and, we may still get something, right? right he could I come. Mean, he could come back. But and so and so, my thing is like, look, I think look, their offense. I agree. If there's something that I'm going to disagree about, if there's something I'm going to agree with you about, and this actually brings you back to your original question for me, which I went, um, I ended up giving a more broader point. But to answer your original Harden question, this is where I think the Harden thing really comes into play because the truth is, and I think you agree with me with me as well. Me and you. We're watching those Rockets teams playing, even before we started this podcast, everything. 
And that Rockets team was consistently a top offense when that man was running the show. And I get that he's now like two years older than that, three years older than that, whatever. But you can see that he still, if, if he was in shape, he has it. He, I mean, he had 39 points two days ago. Like these are games that I know he gets compared to like, uh, you know, like the heavier D uh, will stuff. But like this guy, if he is in shape, still like I'm pretty convinced still has it. And he is the type of game where even as he gets older, he should still be okay because his game was never built on athleticism. And so, so the issue I have is that is that you can tell, and I said this actually in the spaces yesterday, and it riled up some people, but I think it's true, and me and you have talked about this, is that Harden at the end of games right now, or even when things get a little tighter, he acts a little bit like, and I'm sure you see this with um, with uh, Trey in his basketball games, is you know you have the kids on the court who when the game gets tight, they just want to like hand it off like a running, uh, like a quarterback to a running back to the best player on the team. And yeah. Harden, Harden does that a lot. Like Harden, you can tell, is not confident in his ability to play make when stuff gets tighter. And because of that, he does these like loses his dribble, almost throws the ball away, but because KD has such a long reach, he throws it high enough, and then KD is, is, uh, goes to work. And, and that's and not... Often, no, but that's not... You broke up, Sam. Sorry. Come back with that. No, I was just, no, no. And they're 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 all. I mean, their offense is is the issue right now. Like they're ninth in defensive rating um, on defense. Their rebounding percentages is like top twelve. They're even in second chance points. They're middle of the pack. Even though we feel like every game they're getting killed on the boards. Like they are not. Their issue is is offensively right now. They are stagnant and they don't look good. Like offensively, they I, look. I, they, they look. look they, they look horrible, and again, if let's take it back to the t- the the um that boardroom table that boardroom table where we're all sitting around it. I'm the GM, you're the lead scout. Nash is there. Like let if we're sitting around that table and we're looking at this roster, where are the components that will help the superstars succeed? We knew they knew. James was training all was rehabbing all summer. They knew that, right? They 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 the way they talk, it's clear in their mind when you hear Steve Nash and Sean Marks talk about James Harden and his slow start. They know he's going to have to it's going to take him some time. He's going to get in shape, what whatever it may be. But knowing that they crippled him further because every time you get the best out of James Harden, it's because you have a Capella, you have a Covington. You give him when he's putting pressure on the defense, it's a it's a reverse stretching of the floor when you have someone in the dunker spot that can dunk, that can actually rise up and give the defense something to be worried about. So when what's happening right now, and I and I beg of you to watch this. He's coming up like James Harden is ready to do his stuff. He's ready to go into his bag. But his the defenses never have to sag off of him. Never have anything else to think about because Blake Griffin can't dunk. Blake Blake Griffin can't dunk. He has and what's worse is Blake Griffin's whole career he's been dunking and now that he can't dunk, he has no layup package. His layup package is terrible. He he just like the dude, like honestly, I'm very, very pissed off at the fact that you have James Harden. You saw what he does last year. And you knew the the team knew they had issues. And you don't give him anybody to throw a oop to that that does the main component or, or one of the main components to uh, uh, Harden's ability to attack a, a, a defense. And they get, they, it's like he's playing with his hand. It's, it's like, it's like he's playing with a weighted vest on. And, and besides the fact it's, it, they just made a, a problem worse by not giving him the tools to be able to run with a team that actually has athletes on it. And, for me, that is what we learned yesterday. Because guess what? Golden State has been capped out longer than we've been capped out. They've been paying luxury tax longer than we've been paying luxury tax. And guess what? Somehow, some way, with both of their draft picks injured, they found a way to find other little 
assets that actually can run and jump and play defense and do the things that Steph Curry doesn't do. And and that's where I'm upset. That's where I'm unhappy, Sam. I mean, look, the, the end of what you just said, I do totally agree with. Like, look, I mean, they're them finding Gary, uh, Gary Payton the second and um, their like their pick of uh, Damian Lee and Jordan Poole. Uh, I mean, look, they've done a really, really, really good job uh, drafting. And I mean, those guys are also more seasoned than some of the rookies that the Nets have. Um, and look, me and you and uh, and Bam also like really wanted Otto Porter. Otto, the Nets were in on Otto Porter, and we know that Marks loves him from his restricted free agency days. But he chose uh, he chose to go to the Warriors. I mean, like Iggy chose to go back to the Warriors. So like, I mean, a lot of this stuff, I just I find it hard to blame Marks for because I think he saw what they needed. And to be honest, like I think what you said about Harden, I think, is a great point, and it's something that honestly I'm surprised that not more of the Nets beat writers have talked about, which is that you can tell that Harden getting into the paint and then looking for a lob threat at this point is like tying his shoes. Like he's just like he's basically expecting he's expecting those laces to be there and that he's going to have to tie them. And it's right. weird for him to to look down at his shoes and not see somebody there. It's weird for him to like go into the paint and not see someone there for an oop. And you can tell that it like on top of the fact that he's working through his health, his body, and also the officiating, it's clear that that, that that I think is probably maybe the most underrated thing he's missing. And that's where I think the Claxton thing comes, comes into play, which is look, they have to see what they have with him. And it sucks that he's been out for as long as he has. And it sounds like he's not coming back anytime necessarily that soon. I know he's traveling with that, but it, it, it seems like what? Ramp up period because he hasn't been doing anything basketball related. Dude, we, and, we don't so, don't skip past that. Don't please, please do not skip past that because that's another thing I'm furious about. I'm furious about it because guess what? This kid, whatever he's going through, he was going through it before. Right. And if they just came into the season like this, that also is another mark against that that um the general managers of this team. Why, why that that if I'm Joe Sy today, I'm furious that I'm paying 110 million in luxury taxes, and you mean to tell me a kid who's gonna be a free agent this summer, this is the way they've handled it? It's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Like like these guys, Jordan Poole, Kevon Looney, Andrew Wiggins, nobody would have told you that these guys were gonna be anything for for anybody gary payton jr like you if you like if you could find like these guys were all on the trash heap some of them had been golden state warriors before but these none of these guys were guys that i was looking at or you was looking at a good gm found them and guess what we missed out on on these type of guys not just this year this isn't new this always happens there's always some play, like some misfitting piece that they want to stick down in the post, and because they've got good guards, they go up. Oh, everything else will settle itself. No worry about it. The, the post doesn't matter. It's modern basketball. Who cares? A team just beat y'all in post play in the in, in last year's <laughs> fucking playoffs, and they didn't do anything to respond to it. Because if your best response to what the Bucks have is fucking what's his name? Um, Paul Millsap. We've got bigger problems than 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 the stuff that's on the course. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going by this year. I'm not going by last night's game. I'm going by these last four years. No, Are you I still mean- there? <laughs> I don't know if I lost you or not. I'm so in my emotions right now. No, I mean, look, I, I agree that I think it's it's the, the thing that was the most disheartening about watching yesterday's game, because this is what I think the elephant in the room is. I think that yesterday's game reminded a lot of us of the first game of the season when we got our doors blown off to a team that seemed more athletic and more and longer and just better. And that's what I, and, and I think we had that sinking feeling in our stomach of shit. We kind of know what the issue is, but we haven't addressed it like like what what's the deal i just i just think that like look if you tell me today and or if you 
or if you just tell the Nets, and look, like maybe the Nets know, maybe they don't know. If you tell me or the Nets today that Kyrie is not coming back this year, then I think this team has a bunch of different things that it has to do. And one of those involves trading him for for something because you can't let his salary slot go to waste. Like he cannot if he is not playing by the time of the trade deadline and it doesn't sound like he's imminently about to come back in February and they can get him up to speed with the team two months before the playoffs, then he shouldn't be on the team. Like it's, it's case. It's that simple. Like enough of this whole, like, like, like none of this mandate stuff is going to, is going to change like, like, or maybe there's an exception, but the general. Going to be something else. When the mandate thing is over, when the, when the mandate thing is over, it's going to be something else. He's going to have some other reason that that basketball yep. is not the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. Which is why which is why I think that if he is if he does not show that he is back relatively soon, like they have to both trade him, and I think they have to also use that trade exception, which was like used as like kind of the excuse for not getting back a player in the did thing, like actually put their money where their mouth is and use. And, and this was why I was always pro trading Dinwiddie because I wanted to get something back for this guy and they should. And whether it's using that, that trade exception for a guy who I know me and you like, like Chris Boucher or something like that, some rim runner who can play with Harden or whatever it is like, they, they have to do that. If Kyrie does come back, I think, by the way, they should also still use the trade exception either way because I think as we've made it pretty clear, they do need more length, especially if Claxton is just not going to be who we thought he was going to be this year, which is like skinny Capella type. And so, yeah, I mean, look, they, they definitely have stuff to do. But all, all of this is to say is I think what's so, so frustrating about the Nets this year is that it's just been a complete year of – unknowns and uncertainty and like everything in life there's nothing worse than not than than not knowing what's coming next and i think it really is a shame and i think yesterday was a shame to the to the fans and to the and to the fan base that they had this primetime game as like basically the one or two seed and got blown out and didn't have basically the face of the team because i think Kyrie is as much a face of the team as duran is in a lot of ways especially the younger kids like Kyrie not being there to play, to go mano a mano against against Curry is like it just puts us it just puts a sour feeling on this franchise that has never won before and doesn't make you feel like are we ever going to get a title? It's like the first year was Durant out with Achilles and Kyrie got hurt. Last year was Harden and Kyrie getting hurt. This year is Kyrie's out and Harden doesn't look like he's in shape and is averaging like 19 points a game or whatever it is. Like it's just like at a certain point, I know people think that the Nets are building this dynasty here. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, I, I want to see one. I want to see one title before I see three. Like, they gotta, they gotta win, and they gotta win, and they gotta win now. And they need to get some type of clarity about the rest of this roster, and that starts and ends with Kyrie. Because if not, they like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm from that perspective, I'm concerned. Listen, man. I, again. I just it's so crazy like I it's I I call them the Kyrie of clients. I'm doing a consultation, really 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 rich dad has really 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 spoiled son who wants to do a tech startup. So, one of my old investors introduced me to him, bought me in. I'm working with this kid and if I, like every time I work with these young dudes who have dreams, I I come to find out that there's a parent who's managing that process. And that's just the weirdest thing to me, but that's a different subject for another day. When I was building strategies, schedules, everything for the development of this of, of the software for this particular client, the one thing that I did not do was create dependencies on him. Okay? The one, because guess what? I knew he was flighty. I knew he was he would come into meetings and talk about the time that he got to throw out a first pitch um at at Shea St- Stadium and how his dad set that up and my dad does this and my dad does that. You know that dude Sam, you know who I'm describing to you. Yep. So for me to be successful at my job and maintain my re- reputation and keep being able to to live the life of leisure that that tech consultants get to le- live 
meaning working from home and not having to be somewhere nine to five, um, I have to be successful. I never planned my success around that dude, yo. And I would never plan my success around someone like Kyrie because Kyrie has told us who we who he is. And if the if the Nets aren't responsible enough to by now have figured out who he is, I don't care who what Bruce Brown says he sees at practice and how hard Kyrie works. Kyrie's Kyrie's a hard worker because you could see it. You see the results on the floor. But you also know Kyrie is brittle. You also know Kyrie is not dependable. You coming into this season, our only guard that they added to this team was Javon Carter, and they knew who Kyrie was. Well, wait, wait, wait. but that's not. But that, but that also isn't true. I mean, they added Patty Mills. But again, but Patty Mills not a lead guard. He no, he's he's, not a, he's, he's, he's he's not gonna. He's not going to do that job. Like, Patty Mills is more of a small forward than he is a shooting guard. No, but... I, I mean, I, than he is, a, um, but, you know, but, a point guard. But in the summer, we also all were excited about the Patty Mills thing because at that point, everyone was reeling off of Joe Harris, who had proven for two straight playoffs to be a disaster in the playoffs. So I, th- and I think Patty Mills is going to do what he does. He's a winner. I'm so, not worried about Patty Mills. But again... Huh? Say it again? No, and that's why, and that's why I agree, and I really like the signing, and I also think it's important to have adults in the room, and I think he's one of those guys, and I think, and 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 I think it matters. I mean, the the, the issue though is like, it, it's a you know you have to break this down from the from the top down, right? It's like they're not getting KD without Kyrie, so Kyrie is on the team because Kyrie is on the team, so that's the first level, because Kyrie. Kyrie is on the team, and because KD is on the team, and because Harden is on the team, they have very little money to um, to do anything else. The only thing that they really they they were able to keep Joe Harris because of uh, because of bird rights. Basically, they got Patty Mills through one of the exceptions. They kept Bruce Brown on like on like close to a minimum deal. Blake is a minimum deal. Aldridge is a minimum deal. Bembry is a minimum deal. They have the rookies. Like I mean, this is I mean, this is a team that Claxton is is still on his rookie deal. Like they're just they don't have that much flexibility, and this is what happens when you when you have when you have a superstar uh, uh, driven team. Like, and I also like if you want to say they should have gotten another like lead ball handler, I just don't know. Like at the minimum, I don't know how good that person's going to be. They couldn't get a Cordy Joseph. They couldn't even get like a. I mean, I'm I'm I was looking at the 2021 free agents this year. What? There just weren't that many guys. Like, what do you think? What do you think they happened with the Dinwiddie situation? Like, how? Like, how did that break down so much that you had Dinwiddie? You had the thing that would make you Kyrie proof, and somehow the relationship got fucked up and I think he didn't and, I, I don't I don't think he won't I don't think he, I mean I truthfully don't think I was comparing on Twitter yesterday what he did to what Syndergaard did which was I think a, a lot of like talking how much he wanted to be here but at the end of the day he kind of wanted his own thing I I think like it, I think he wanted a but you can't say I that think, if you go join Beal but no no I think he I think he wanted like I mean I've gone to a Wizards game here in DC he is he is like he is a big deal at, like at the arena. He that's it's not how he was treated when he was in Brooklyn. He's treated like he's treated and and he's also has more of an alpha personality as you know than a guy like even Beal does. So like he is a loud number one voice in that room and that's not what he was always going to be voice 4 or 5 here with the I Met. I think he would have been fine uh getting to travel with 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 you know, basically new kids on the block. Um, uh, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he would have been fine, but something went awry in that relationship and something that no one is talking about and none of the beat writers are going to ask the right questions. But listen, if you start where the Nets started, the Nets, remember where the Nets started. The Nets had Karras, Jarrett and Dinwiddie and Joe Harris and D'Lo. No, no, no. Oh, you're saying? Let's, oh, you're saying? I'm just saying yeah, when yeah, they yeah. when they added the two superstars, right? Yep. They had all of those pieces on the team. Yep. Right. So if you liquidate some of those pieces, and you still come out 
If you if you liquidate all of those pieces and you still come out on the other hand a flawed team, then I'm again, Sean Marks has to wear that. And and that's the thing. It's like everyone goes, but Sean Marks got his KD, Kyrie and 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 and, and Harden. Yeah, that's right. He got you KD, right? We all know that Kevin Durant is one or one A or one or two top two basketball player in the entire universe. We know that. So of course, if you can sign him, you sign him. Of course, you sign that other player that that brings him if that's if that's the rumor. I don't I don't I never believed in that. I never believed in that. I think they just looked at Kyrie's talent and said, we want them both. As they should have wanted them both. But again, you're not signing you're not signing, you know, uh, uh, computer equipment that will do a specific thing, and that if it doesn't, you can take it back to the store. You're signing a human being, and these players, I, for the team that was supposed to care about this human stuff the most, there's major failures going on, and I see it in our game. I'm not mad about the Golden State Warriors loss. I'm mad about the Bulls loss. I'm mad about some of the the Bucks loss. I'm mad at the fact that we don't have competent players that can run and jump. And if you don't do, if you can't put that, that those are basic basketball things. There's a hundred players like that. There's a bunch of them on Detroit's team that that they can't even use. Once you have those two great superstars, Sam, you can't fail in this way. And, and I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm. I'm I'm ready to start talking greasy about Sean Marks because I hate this I hate this um our bench team like what like how could you ignore our bench and how bad it is Sam I don't get that well because I well because I think that it, I, I think a lot of the I think a lot of what this team is built around is is built around something that 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 isn't there. Like I think that if you're able to stagger superstars and you put around them guys who can um, guys who can shoot, um, I think that you basically become an offensive juggernaut that we basically saw for all of last year, and that was without all three of them playing. And I mean, look, but you're but you're forgetting what we had last year. We had two people that could run and jump in Jeff Green and Nick Claxton. And now we're talking about nasal injuries with, with, with Nick Claxton. Okay, well, I mean, the Jeff Green, so Jeff Green was awesome last year. And in the Buck series, he obviously, before he got hurt, was really good. I mean, this year he's been a disaster. But he, I mean, like, I agree that missing his presence, that type of four, I agree is something just, that they definitely, no, I mean, look, I, I agree. But Sam, you have to remember what he did what what he would do right he would come down the court if we were on a fast break that was who would finish our fast breaks i would say 80 percent of the time like he was at the end of the fast break dunking and we were all shocked that an old player like that would dunk am i wrong am i am i mischaracterizing what well, I, what it was like you're wrong but i also think but i also think that like i do think his importance is being a little overvalued in the sense that like i mean bembry or bruce brown could do a Me? lot of the stuff on the fast break that Jeff. No, Green... they can't. No, they can't. I've seen too many blown fast breaks this year to, to know they can't, right? Because Bembry is Bembry's what six five. He looks yeah. longer than what he is, but he's like six five. We, it uh, like like I said, the homeboy looks like one of the Nets tumblers. He's one of the Nets city dancers. He's I, I like like he does not have the physique of an NBA power forward. I keep thinking the man is gonna mop up the sweat on the on, in the key like all the time. Like I don't know what he's doing in that but, role. But, he's not big like, enough. I believe in gravity, Sam. Like, like this doesn't do, make any you, sense. You agree, with me, you agree with me that guys who are six nine that can run the floor, like those pl- types of players, do not grow on trees, and they're actually a pretty big. They're actually a pretty big asset as a as it pertains to the NBA, which is why, I mean, like like everyone is looking and why everyone keeps drafting these three and D type guys and just hoping that they'll get something. It's why Michael Bridges, who like has had a decent NBA career, but nothing insane, just got an a hundred and something million dollar deal because oh, no, but he, he looks like a beast. I'm not saying we should have Mikhail Bridges. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that level of player. I'm saying Derek white. 
I'm but saying he's, he, he's also undersized. He's like six five, six six, and he's more I, of a ball I, handler anyway. But he's he's got long wingspan. He's he, you know. Like, I just think if you look, I just think if you look at a lot of the guys that were look look. I mean, ideally, I think Sekou Dumbia could have played better minutes for us this year than than he just got um, cut again. I know, I saw that they, he got cut by the Lakers, but you know they they have Horton, they have guys who do what Dumbia does. We don't have those guys. We don't yeah. have guys who could run and and jump. Well, look, the good news is that, who do you call it, really made his presence felt and seemed like in garbage time, uh, Kessler, which I think is huge. And, like, I mean, I've been on record on this podcast saying I think at the end of this year he'll be the rookie that we're talking about the most, and I still believe that. Cause I he's, hope so. Because he's basically what they – he's basically everything you're talking about. I, I mean – I watched him in at the – I watched a uh, Long Island Nets game, and he, he, he was as advertised on defense – um, his he's got an NBA build, better a better build than the other two, and um, and he's got length. Like I I, the Nets need a guy like him, but well, I just don't think he's I, ready because he doesn't do anything else well. He's not he's not a dependable shooter. He's not like, even his defense is not one hundred percent dependable. He he's a hell of a project though. This is what this is where I think you're you're right though. And and I was happy at the time about both of these signings. Not overjoyed. I was just like I was fine with them, like happy with them. I would give them like a B, B plus or whatever. The 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 roster spots right now of Millsap and James Johnson are two guys where if you told me in this moment right now on whatever day it is, November whatever, if you told me that on this day that they would cut both of them and basically take flyers on two guys in the G League that are like. 6'8 and haven't really accomplished that much but can run the floor type of thing like basically like the Alizé Johnsons of the world like that I could be I could be convinced of because it's like let's just see if we um, strike lightning in a bottle with one of these guys and they become someone. Yo, Alizé Johnson is playing good minutes for the Bulls too by the way. Just saying. Yeah. No, he, no, I mean look, I was never a huge fan but he he is he is playing uh he is playing well in uh well in Chicago. But so on those on on for those two um, for those two like roster spots, I do I, I really do agree. I just think that yeah. you know I mean. But I, you're I, you're you're mentioning those two guys. But what about Jav- I mean, like did did you was Javon Carter the second guy after Millsap? No, you were saying James Johnson and, and Johnson. But, can, no, can I can I say something? Javon Carter is worse than those two guys. How about that? That's how bad the situation is. That's three guys that need tick, and he's worse. I think he's. I think he's basically. If you watched, like he in a time period yesterday played really, really well on Curry, and then when someone else had went on to guard him, he did like someone did terribly. I don't remember who it was that was switched on to him after. It might have been Bruce Brown. Like he, he's. I mean, look, Javon Carter is like a third or fourth guard on a contending team. That's what that's what that's what he is. And right now he's being asked to do something that he's not, which is what, which is why I think everyone's losing their shit over him because right who's look, who's a better player, him or Tyler Johnson? Well, this is what I was actually about to make the comparison. So this is this is something that I think you can agree on through watching a lot of basketball. There are certain players right, right that do well in positions where they're asked to do more offensively or do more defensively. And so Javon Carter is the type of guy. Javon Carter does not have the Mike James microchip of, I guarantee you, I could drop thirty in this game if I wanted to. Like that is not that's not the way he that's how he was brought up. Like playing at West Virginia for Bob Huggins, like in a more defensive minded, gritty like role. And right now he's being asked to kind of be in a role where he needs to actually be more offensively focused because the team is so. Um, want of any type of guard offensive creation and that's not his mo and the truth is is that when if Kyrie was there and Patty's there and Joe Harris is there that is what he would have been the fourth guard on this team but right now yesterday with like Harris out and Kyrie out um he's he ends up being the second guard and so the point it would into the compare with Tyler Johnson or like a Mike James type is on this roster right now they could probably use somebody who's more offensively minded and focused because the truth is, is, as we said earlier in this podcast, based off the numbers, their defense isn't the issue. Like we thought it was going to be their issue right now is their offense. The defense is bad too. The like, 
I don't care what those those stats say. Like even though I'm I'm the stat guy and I will shut up most of the time when the stats disprove my theory, I still think they're a bad defense. They're just a bad defense for certain types of things. Like like Curry didn't put on a shooting display. He hit some big shots, but he killed us going to the basket. He yeah. killed us finishing at the rim. If you if you go to the rim on the nets, we fucking suck defending the rim. And then the other place that they killed us, second chance points. Like like they just out athleted us. That it wasn't outskilled us and I just watched Kevin Durant putting it all on his shoulders and all I felt was sad and all I I like I I knew what Stephen A Smith was going to say before he said it. Yep. I knew what was going to be said just I, when I turned off the TV and um, my wife said to me, you're going to be in a bad mood tomorrow. I was like, nope, I'm going to be cheery tomorrow. I'm going to be a great dad. I'm going to be a great husband and wait till you go to work before I start yelling at Sam. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I'm just really disappointed. Um, because it's the it's like I don't know how many years of Sean Marks. How long has Sean Marks been here? Sam? Wild now five five, six years? I don't even know where we're up to now. It's like I have to say the same bullshit every single year and I feel like I'm trapped in a stupid point that that shouldn't make sense. But again, we came into a season where trained basketball for professionals, people who've played ball their entire lives, knows this game, been interns for different, you know, like that's the thing I respect the most about Sean Marks. He's done, he's not just a basketball player that got a job because his coach liked him. He's done every job. He interned, end of the bench, scouting, cut tape, all that. He did all of those things. And I just can't see for the life of me how those smart men sat around the table and said, Blake Griffin, as our starting five is going to be successful. I've never like I I watched that game yesterday and I watched and I and I felt ashamed every time the fans cheered when he got a charge. It it is a it is shocking Samuel that our best our centers, our starting centers best attribute is Hoping he gets a charge call. Not he can't dunk anymore. He doesn't finish layups. He's shooting horrible from three. Our starting center, the best thing he could do, is get it is is get a, a, a like and we lose it as fans when he gets a foul charge. He, I'm disgusted. Sam. I don't like. Like you, I, I think you you put it too much on Kyrie. You put it too much on 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 Harden, even though I do agree with some of your points, but I think it's way more uh, uh, of a crime that Blake Griffin is our starting center. I I, I just do. I, I you tell me, what what do you find redeeming about Blake? Why why what makes that okay? No, I mean I'm not like I think I think I'm just trying to live more in in in, in the world of like the NBA is a salary cap league, and I just don't know what like I, like you know it's kind of like all the hysteria that went on in the off season about about every single when every single signing happened like the like the, the Nets do, the Nets don't have money to sign people because they have a three headed monster. If they had a two headed monster instead, then maybe they. Would be be able to look me and you like let's let's put all all that on the record. Me and you before like uh, I mean I guess it was around when Kyrie had abandoned the team, but me and you did not love the Harden trade in part because we basically felt like if you have those two guys and you have all your picks and you have all this young talent, you can put enough pieces around them to basically make them like unbeatable. Like you can have. You could you could trade Lavert or keep Lavert as as another ball handler. You could keep right. Dinwiddie or or trade Dinwiddie. You have the fro on like on defense. You still have Joe Harris for shooting, and then they had 
every single one of their picks and every pick swap, and you could have made deals to get any of the guys that we've been talking about, whether it's uh, like a like Chris Boucher, even guys that are way better, because as we saw, like the Nets were able to get Harden with all of those like picks and giving up like Levert or whatever. So like there were there were we basically thought there were like five or six moves that Marks could have done because he had this war chest of assets. You do the okay. Harden trade, and when you do the Harden trade, what you're basically saying is. This is this is us. This is what we're doing. Everything else that we have on this roster is should should be there to supplement those guys. And the way to supplement the KDs and the Kyries and the Hardens of the world is to do two things. It's to get shooting and it's to get a rim runner. And the right. Clackman thing so far has been a disaster. Has been a disaster because of whatever's going on with his nose and. Yeah, which sounds crazy to say on a podcast. And right. I, I was looking at him on the bench, like looking to see if he had any like a broken nose or if it looked he, like it had been bandaged or anything like that. That like, like so but so you're right. The rim running thing is a is a hundred percent was a definite and what's gone on there. And look, you could I would argue, look, not even having a backup rim running guy who's even like fresh off of the G League, like even like one of the guys that was brought into the bubble or whatever, you could argue would have more of an impact than having James Johnson or something like that on the bench. But right, like they didn't see James Johnson sucks. Like now, like well, like was, for us, you can't blame the fans because we were thinking about James Johnson. We saw in in Miami, we were thinking, all right, you know, we get this dude in. He might be a little old, but it'll still be the same guy from Miami. That's that's where it got, had me fooled. How the fuck? Sam, <laughs> was, was Dwayne Dedman out there, and we didn't sign Dwayne Dedman, and he used to try to, like, talk to the Nets bench to sign him in, in games when he was on the Hawks. Like, he'd be looking at the Nets bench, like, call me. Like, remember that dude? And we never... The, the James Johnson thing, he was basically brought in to be, like, the 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 punk of the team and to basically, like, talk smack with like the pj tuckers of the world when that like when that shit goes down that's basically what he and, and like they've almost admitted that to be the case like there's yeah. a reason why he always comes up on the list of like top five or six like toughest guys in the nba or whatever that's what he was like there to do so like I, look it's not i don't think it's that big of a deal one way or another but but the but going back to my original point it's that when you brought in those three stars you're basically saying we need we're building around these three guys and the two things we need are shooting and and a, and a rim runner on on offense and on defense we just need some type of toughness and so look they have Mills they have Harris they 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 thought Claxton could have been like some type of rim runner and the truth is, is look I agree with you I think the defensive numbers are a little overblown I haven't been as blown away as other Nets fans have with their defense but their defense has been better and I think we're seeing the impact of Steve Clifford being like an advisor to the team in that in that way. And so I do like I, I do think the defense but, is better and I do think having guys But the like, defense has not been good against top end talent. No, it hasn't it, it all in all of our losses, right? That we've lost to above five hundred teams, and some of them are below five hundred because they're having you know, some of the teams in, in the East are having a weird time. Right? But you know when the lights come on, they're they're proven, they're champions, they they they'll be back. The the problem with the Nets defense is it doesn't do the things that you're going to need to win playoff games. If you think you could win playoff games without rebounding, you are sorely mistaken. If you think you could win playoff games without converting high percentage shots, if you're shooting less than 60% from the paint, you have a major problem. So the the my problems like again are they going to win fifty five games this year probably, but we've seen that already. I don't want to root oh, for I, the J Kid Nets. Right. Yeah, you know everyone watching the J Kid Nets enjoyed it, loved it, but deep down inside they knew we didn't have that the Nets didn't have the center to to uh, pull that off. They did not, not even a little bit. So if the Nets didn't have the center to pull that off, that's, you know, our namesake, <laughs> Rod Thorne's problem for not getting a center that could contain Shaq. He knew what was, the, what, what was the landscape out there. 
Same thing with playing against um, the Spurs. You have to know what the landscape of the league is and what you're missing and address it. And like the Nets back then, more so because they didn't have the money, now they have the money, so it's less of an even excuse to say, oh, we don't have certain components because we don't have the money. Like, if that's the case, we've failed. Like, like this whole experiment has failed, and I, I'm... I'm, I think it's in jeopardy. I'm I'm very upset, Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> but what do you? I guess so. What are you? What are you basically concerned about? Because I mean, like they are. I mean, they have KD locked up. They are a ten and five like team. They. I mean, are you nervous about Harden like leaving? Are you nervous about no. like? I'm more. I'm more worried about Harden staying, <laughs> because I don't know how you fix this. I don't, Sam. Does Blake Griffin start for any of the thirty NBA teams in this in this year? Uh, I would have to. I would. I mean, I would honestly have to have to look through. But I. I mean. But I. I mean. I. Just I get your point. do your gut feeling. Like we have two starters right now. I, I would say three, but we have two starters: Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin, who would not start for all. 30 uh, all 29 of our opponents and i went through all of them he would not blake griffin is really bad guy like he's he's horrible sam but this is my but uh, but, uh, so this is my thing though okay and i'm well i'm bringing it back home full circle okay so i have i have like repeatedly kind of compared this team like this team is a three-headed monster of superstars Right? right in a in a in a salary cap league, and so you have to make moves on the margins. The 2012-2013 Heat, the three guys who played the most on the team, are the, the obviously the three guys that played the most were the were obviously the three stars. It was LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. The other guys on the team were Birdman, Joel Anthony, Shane Battier, Chalmers, Ray Allen, Norris Cole, Udonis Haslam. James Jones, Dexter Pittman. I mean, like, these guys suck. A lot of and these guys are terrible. I'm, but I'm sorry. Every one of those guys that you've mentioned is better than the Nets. Give me someone on the Nets supporting cast no that's one, better than that. No, and you and you forget no. they had Ray Allen, too. Like, well, their version of, of Patty Mills was Ray Allen. No, but, okay, but Ray Allen was solid, but, the, it, it, but he was basically at the end of the road, and Ray Allen was not better than Joe Harris is right now. Like, you don't, Mike Miller was not better than Patty Mills is right now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these, I mean, uh, Birdman was not, or mm-hmm. Joel Anthony. I mean, he did lead the league in, in shooting that year and three-point shooting that year, and he did win them. Like, when you can't tell me that with the money on the line, you'd rather have Joe Harris shooting from the corner three than than Ray Allen. Okay, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, sure. But I also think that Joe Harris overall as a player was far more complete um, than, than – uh, than than Ray Allen was that at, at that point. Ray Allen was basically like a corner three-point shooter, and Joe Harris is, like, doing a lot of different things uh, – outside of that you know what i mean i mean like like i mean i wouldn't say a lot of different things he's he's trying to be gritty he's trying to be good he like i don't even think that's a fair comp like even old decrepit post boston celtics ray allen i'm sorry he's better than 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 joe and he does more than joe that that i have a hard time agreeing i just think that when you have when you have when you have a team I think a lot of this frustration is just all stems from the fact that people are upset about like uh, all of this stuff is just is just a ripple effect, uh, ripple uh, trickle down effect or ripples of uh, of of Kyrie not being there. Like there's just no, no other I, way around it. Like I I I would love to have Kyrie traded. I would love to trade Kyrie, but you know but, why I don't talk about it? You know why I don't say it? Because they're not trading Kyrie. Right, but, but but that's why look like me and you have talked about this. Like if I told you tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, Eve, you wake up, take uh, take Trey to school, whatever, and you find out that Kyrie's been traded for Simmons. You have a very different view on how this Nets roster is is con- is constructed, its athleticism, its defensive tenacity, like all that's 
all that stuff. The issue is that right now they're not getting any Big. like any value from from a third of their salary. Like I mean, just ima like imagine that. Ima like like I mean, I know. I mean, I guess in soccer and baseball, it's not it's not really equivalent. But it's like in football, when you have like forty million dollars in dead cap, you're dead. Like your team sucks. Like it's right. just possible. No, I, I like you can't argue against those things. But my thing is. My thing with that is you could put Kyrie back into this lineup and we still won't defensive rebound. We still won't run the floor. There's still nobody else who can catch a fucking lob and dunk it. But they like awesome like our high percentage, our high, our, our high field goal percentage um, shooting is abysmal. And it trickled down to other things. Like, like for some reason, we can't fucking buy a free throw. Like, Kevin Durant is shooting his lowest percentage at, at, from the free throw line since his rookie year. This this is this is crazy what's happening with this team, and it's because people are out of position. People are all trying to like sacrifice and do more. Like Kevin Durant shouldn't be playing these minutes. They're gonna break him. No, I, I mean I've been saying that forever. I think I think that they're playing him too much, and I think he has to play too much because Kyrie's out, and Harden can't be the the workhorse he usually is of like you know and, pitching nine innings of like. And that's where, like, and that's where we differ. Like I think it's just because the rest of the roster is irresponsible. I think Harden is still Harden is not his typical ninety nine point nine. I, you know, top one percentile of basketball, top 0.5 percentile of basketball players. He's not that guy right now, but he's a he's a, a all star level guy. If he didn't have to play with shit, I'm sorry. Bruce Brown might be a good player, but he's a horrible power, power forward. No, but yeah, Blake Griffin might be all right for a few bench minutes every now and then, but he's a horrible starting center. That makes James Harden worse. Can like you could at least agree with me that playing yeah. with those two takes away twenty five percent of James Harden's game. No, I, I I agree that I think that I think that those guys are not um, are not ideal, and that which is exactly why I think that if look we saw we lost you, Sam. I hope we didn't lose you permanently. Well. Maybe that's God saying. You hear me? Uh, oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, we we heard. Um, I mean, we saw last year, right? What was the what was the the theme of last year? You would have KD and Kyrie start with Harden, with Harris, and with a big. KD and Kyrie sit. Harden gets to play with a bunch of shooters and and like a Claxton type and. And even though some of the pieces were weird and whatnot, you could put Bruce Brown with one of them, whatever. It didn't matter. Right. You had guys that could. You had guys last year that could finish. That could. That could take. That could come into the second the only, team and drop to the basket. The only guy you're talking about, Jeff Green. That's the only guy you're talking. Like I don't I'm, know who else. Who I can't else believe I'm. To. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh, Shamit was better than all of these guys that come off the bench. I no, think, no, I, I think. So who's better than Shamit out of all the guys that come off the bench? Mills, LMA, Mills is... LMA. Okay. Yeah, and Mills. All right, I'll give you that. I, I just think, I just think Shamit was a little bit longer, a little bit bigger, a little bit. You know, he he had more to do than um. I mean, he was also. I mean, he was also totally soft. He didn't. I mean, he like you could tell that the team didn't really believe in him. He had like he has like the thing that Bill Simmons calls like Shamit face, where it looks like like it just like it just like doesn't look like he's that confident in anything that he's doing. Like, yeah. He. he I mean, I mean, look. I think a lot of this right now is that last year, like, I think when we look back on that roster and we're like, huh, they had Shamit and Jeff Green and Tyler Johnson and Mike. Mike James, and this year they have Lamarcus, who's playing out of his mind. Patty Mills, but uh, is like, he playing out of his mind, or is he, or is he making a lot of a lot of mid range jumpers? And... I mean, he's shooting a really high percentage. He has a bunch of blocks every single game. Like, I mean, he, I mean, he's de he's definitely playing. He's definitely playing really well. Like, there's he's no doubt. Playing about in quicksand. Like, I I love L I love L A. I think he's a good slow. player, slow, but no he's doubt. slow as fuck. 
and then he's always arriving late like they'll go on a fast break and then he'll just show up plotting like he's he's like brooke lopezian in 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 play and brooke is more spry than him right now Right. Well, I mean, well, LMA is also older. Like he, I mean, uh, he was in like the O, I think he was in the O five or O six draft. I mean, he's one of the oldest guys in the league at this point. Um, and, and so, Dude, you know, I, I don't know. So I bad. just have a hard time. What is that? I said, this is so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, have a, I just have a, I don't know. I just have a hard time. I have a hard time being like directing my energy and my anger anyone else besides besides the two guys who are supposed to be the foundation of this team because like th- that's th- that is who's supposed to be winning games no one looks no. back on finals and they're like you know what like the heat won or lost some series because because norris cole didn't play well that's a third guard like that's the no and... one's saying you know the warriors lost in 2017 because uh uh, or 2016, whatever it was, because Festus Azili didn't play well as a backup big, or because David see, West didn't look good as. as see that as a that third. that tells me that you because Festus Festus Azili has never been a starter. Like we're talking about our Festus. I take Festus Azili. Is Festus Azili better than Blake Griffin at center? I mean, he's, I mean, but the, but the point is that the point like I wish we had Festus Azili. <laughs> But the point right. is that we these, you, you win you, you win titles based off of based off if your stars play and if your stars perform and if the like, like secondary guys like do some type of do some I, type of role in in, uh, in in their job and that's what we're talking about right now we're talking and about I, and like, I can't, right now they're not getting I mean Kyrie was fifty forty ninety last year like they are missing like they're missing one of the he still didn't get ten players. rebounds a game. He still didn't protect the paint. He still didn't. He still wasn't on the end of fast breaks, like finishing at a high percentage. But I know, but Eve, they were. I mean, but they, but they were, they were, they, they blew out the, they blew out the Celtics, who were one of the best defensive teams in basketball last year, and they were, oh, and, come and on. they blew out, and they, and they were blowing out the Bucks, who were both one of the best offensive and defensive teams last year. Right, with, but we're without, not last year's without, team. Without we hard don't hard. have the components that we had last year. We got small. Somehow we got smaller than last year. How the fuck did we no, do we, that? We got bigger. I don't know. I, I I don't see. This is where this is where we just fundamentally disagree. It's hard. we did not start like, the year. I, we did not start the year last year with a, a front court that was smaller than Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown. Well, and our, start our here, small I'm forward talking, and our small and our small forward. We didn't end with that way either. The, the the team in the playoffs last year, the that 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 was up two one on the Bucks or two oh a two one when Kyrie got hurt. That was a Kyrie Harden out. Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton, Landry Shamit uh, team. That that this this roster right now is much bigger and it it has more shooting. The only difference is is the Jeff Green component, which I think at this point has been dramatically overstated, especially because a he. A, we, we you basically found lightning in a bottle with him last year because he was the best year he had had basically since he was in his. 20s and and, you, and again and and like and also like I we mean, didn't even the people didn't the even hear what better. you last said um sam you cut your packets cut off really yeah a little bit still uh, i I, mean, I know i i know you got a fire point but i i think almost i think jesus is telling us in a in a that that we probably should end it because <laughs> we've gone. We said we were gonna go for twenty minutes. <laughs> we've gone an hour. We've gone an hour, dude. I'm so fucking unhappy. Is it gonna be all right, Sam? Uh, start- if you tell I'm- me that Kyrie coming back, it'll be all right. Of course, he's gonna eventually come back. I I I guess he's eventually gonna come I mean, back. I mean, I mean, if if you tell me that. If you tell me that Harden gets ten percent better this year and Kyrie comes back, I think they win a title. If one of those two things doesn't happen, then I think I, I think we got I think we have issues. I don't. I, this like I'm I'm retuning my hopes for this year. I, I'm 
I'm not saying you're not going to catch me saying the word title again. That's the team that I saw last night, and I saw against the Bulls, and I saw against the Bucks, and I saw against the Heat. That team is not winning a championship, and I don't care if Kyrie comes back. I don't care what anybody say. I could anger everybody who listens to our podcast and make everyone not listen anymore. That's fine, but I'm never going to lie and sit here and, and and say something. And it has nothing to do with this one game. Like, that's the thing. People going, oh, you're overreacting to just one month of basketball. It's not what I'm doing. I'm looking at five years of basketball. I'm looking at a philosophy and a mindset that has gone on for five years. And it's not going to change. And the results aren't going to change. So, uh, last night was a bitter pill. It was a somber, uh, a humbling moment. But I looked at their roster con- construction. And I looked at the guile used by uh, Bob Ma- Myers to rebuild that Golden State Warriors team. And I have to say hats off to him. Sam, you want to finish off? No, I'm I'm good. This is a good discussion. We'll continue it and we'll do more. And I'm I'm hoping they win tonight in Cleveland. Or yeah, at home I, like it's such a meaningless win. I don't even care if they win tonight. I, and I wouldn't even be surprised if if they if their bigs just dominate us because we're old and we're tired. Well, and... Fro is Fro isn't playing and Mobley's out. Mm. Oh, then then we have a chance. They don't, they, you know, but they have a hundred <laughs> bigs, so. I don't know, man. I I didn't. That's why I didn't want to record a pod after uh, that win because these, like, we're not here for this. That's no, not what I, we're here for. Is, we're not here to be winning better. these stupid games. This is you know? better than Cleveland recap pod. I I agree. <laughs> All right, my man. We are Pod Thorn. This is what we do. We talk hoops. We'll be back. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.